Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Samuel 18? God is developing David to be the greatest king that Israel had known. We learn more about David by learning about the characters that are around him that are who are presented in this particular chapter, 1 Samuel 18. David has just slain Goliath. The previous chapter ended with Saul asking David whose son he was. So we're in the same conversation. We're not separated from what just happened. And that particular story and that particular scene continues here in 1 Samuel 18. The first character to be noted here after David's great victory is the eldest son of King Saul, whose name was Jonathan. And as it was, as he finished speaking to Saul, he just explained whose son he was, that Jonathan's soul had become attached to David's soul. And Jonathan loved him as much as his own soul. Jonathan was older than David. David was in his probably late teens when he killed the giant. But the Israeli law, the Israelite law was, and it's back in numbers, that you had to be, uh, you had to be 20 years old to be in the army of Israel. Jonathan was somewhere at least in his 20s. Some believe that he could have been 10 or 15 years older than that. Suffice it to say that Jonathan, the older of of these two friends, became very attached and close to David. Loved him like his own soul. And Saul took David that day, the day that he killed Goliath, and did not allow him to return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Now, we will discover in the course of David's life that at this point in time, Jonathan knew that David had been anointed to take Saul's place. A couple of chapters later in 1 Samuel, we're going to see, on on into 1 Samuel, we're going to discover that the, the terms of this covenant were as follows. They would be, they would be very good friends. When David assumed the throne, he would make Jonathan his second in command and David would never ever destroy the household of Saul. That was the covenant. And so, 
you can see that these two, these two men uh, were very close and they had a bond with one another. Jonathan now offers, you know, it's, it's a great gesture because Jonathan has on the royal robe as the eldest son. He would have been the one to take Saul's place on the throne. But he lays all that aside and acknowledges that really it's David who's going to take that place. And sort of in an acknowledgement of that, Jonathan took off his robe, his royal robe, and gave it to David. He also took off his armor, which was the best of the armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt. All, all, all of these were the best of the best. The, the Israelites weren't the best armed <laughs> army in the world. The Philistines were. Most likely made of iron. Now David had a choice sword and armor that would fit him. So all of this, the royal armor, the royal sword, the royal garment, all of this is given by the one who ordinarily would have assumed the throne to David whom he knew was going to assume the throne because, because David had been anointed to be such. So this is a great gesture on behalf of Jonathan. He surrenders himself completely and his position to David. So this is a great thing that strengthens David in the early day. This is the first day after he'd killed Goliath. So even though he's not yet 20 years old, still he's made a part of the army by King Saul. Then the second character is Saul. Saul is really a pathetic soul. And we'll see that as it goes along. David went out and wherever Saul, uh, uh, went out and wherever Saul would send him, and wherever he went, he would succeed. Accordingly, Saul appointed him over the soldiers, and he was pleasing in the eyes of all the people and also in the eyes of Saul's servants. And it was when they came, when David returned from slaying the Philistine, so they're coming back from the battlefield now, that the women came out of all the cities to Israel to sing, and with musical instruments in their hands, toward King Saul with tambourines and with joy and cymbals. And the cheering or the dancing women, uh, word, word means that they were joyful and, and dancing. Uh, they sang out and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So they've had skirmishes and, and other wars and David has been and will have and David has been, has been and will be completely successful. Here is, here is something that is meant to be praiseworthy of both Saul and David, but it, it turns out to be a, a real problem for Saul and it continues to reveal what kind of man Saul is. Saul was very angry, very jealous. The word is a very hard word in the Hebrew. It means he was furious. And the matter displeased him that David was getting more praise than he was. That's always a problem. 
among those who are supposed to be the people of God. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they ascribed thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that on, that is with an eye of jealousy. He's going to watch him. He's jealous of him. Because God, the Spirit of God, is on David. You remember where the Bible said that it came on David, but it began to leave. It left Saul. And so Saul is more or less helpless before Yahweh in the spiritual battle. And he has to stand on his own. And he continues to reveal the true nature of a selfish, arrogant, prideful man. One of the biggest characteristics of such a person is jealousy. Not just jealousy, but infuriated jealousy. And it was on the morrow that uh, that is that is an evil spirit from Elohim, from God. It was on the morrow that an evil spirit from God rested on, upon Saul. And he raved in the midst of the house. David was playing his hand like every day, playing with his hand, that is, he was playing the stringed instrument. And a spear was in Saul's hand. Saul cast the spear and said, I shall pin, <laughs> I shall pin David to the wall. David escaped from him twice. So Saul didn't just do this once. He did it twice. And Saul feared David for Yahweh was with him while he had turned away from Saul. Therein is Saul's problem. The spirit of Yahweh for the office of king is on David. And you can't have two of, you can't have two kings. And Saul in his jealousy is go, is now conspiring and working against David to kill him. So everything that Saul did does here from now on is with a view to the destruction of David. Twice He'd thrown a spear at him. Saul removed him from being with him and made for himself a captain over a thousand. Now, against the Philistines in that day, to put him in leadership over a thousand was not, was not that big of an army for, for David. It was, you know, it was a, it was a gesture, but it, uh, he, was, he was captain of a thousand, and it's a small group among, among the armies of Saul. So now with a smaller group, he's going to send him out to do battle. And you can see Saul's idea here is. Saul's idea is that he'll put David out there with a smaller group, a smaller army, and the Philistines will overwhelm him and not only kill David, but kill the rest of the men. But that doesn't matter to Saul as long as he can get rid of David. 
What happens? Well, David keeps going out and he keeps coming back victorious in every battle that he fought. David was successful in all his ways. Why? Because Yahweh was with him. And Saul saw that he was very successful and he feared him. And all Israel and Judah loved David. For he went out and came in before them. David was a man of the people. David was a very emotional man. David mixed with the people very well. David was a lighthearted and happy man who enjoyed the company of other people. And he didn't, he didn't see people in classes or anything. He enjoyed all of them. Probably would pull out his guitar and sing for them whenever they came in and he would laugh and probably jump off of his horse and dance around with them while they were dancing. We, matter of fact, it, it, tells, it says that he does that later. He's just a man of the people. They loved him. They completely loved him. All of Israel and Judah. Now that's a big deal because Judah did not always see the things the way Israel did and vice versa. And it was a very difficult thing we'll see later in the life of David. It was a very difficult thing to bring them all together into one kingdom. It was easy to bring Judah under the leadership of David, but the rest of them, that was another story. But here they all loved him. He was a man of the people. He was a great man of, of the battlefield. Uh, and people could just relate to him. And they didn't mind being close to him. They loved him. Third character is Michal. It's kind of a love story. Remember now, Saul said, I'm going to give my daughter to the guy who kills Goliath. Now, there weren't any, there weren't any strings to, to attached. It's just that you kill the giant, you got my daughter. Well, it turns out he had two daughters. And then he's going to be made the richest man in all the, all the land and all that kind of stuff. Well, that hadn't happened, you see. Saul said to David, behold, my elder daughter, Merab. I shall give her to you as a wife. But I got a little, I got a little caveat here. I have a, I have, there are strings attached. You got to keep fighting for me. You have to be a warrior for me. So there goes, you know, there goes the promise of being the richest guy in the land, right? He just threw that out the window. And you must valiantly wage the wars of Yahweh. Now that's very deceptive. For Saul said, let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. So he, he promises the daughter and he says, this is going to work out just fine. Not only will I be able to tell him what to do as king, but I'll be able to tell him what to do as his father-in-law. He'll be attached to the family and I will be able to manipulate this thing where he'll get, he'll get into a fix and the Philistines will kill him and I won't have to. But David did something unexpected. He turned down this girl. David said to Saul, who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be a son-in-law to the king? Now this is the gospel according to Charles because of what we're about to read. You can take it or leave it. 
But if I'm writing this in a movie script, Merab, okay, and Adriel, a Mehalathite, were already sparking with one another. That's the way I see it. And so when he brings, now this is the gospel according to Charles, take it or leave it. Merab, David is here, does his stately bow, is looking over at Adriel. While he's bowing, he's looking at Adriel, he's kind of winking like this, you know, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry, we got this. So he turns her down. He said, oh, no, I'm not worthy. Well, you know, I can't do that. So what happens? And it was at the time that Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David. See, at that time, that she was given to Adriel the Mehalathite as a wife. Well, it didn't take her long to run into the arms of this other guy, right? But then there was this second daughter. Saul is still thinking. And Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David. Isn't that precious? I, I like the Goliath scene better than this one, but here's a scene for everybody. We have a hallmark moment in the life of David. Loved David, and they told Saul, said, hey, Michal is in love with this guy. All she does is think about him, draw his picture, and try to sing his songs on her piano, you know. And this pleased Saul. Okay. Saul said, I shall give her to him, and she will be the snare to him. And the hand of the Philistines will be upon him. And Saul said to David, with one of two, Shall you be my son-in-law today? This is more or less a command. Two daughters, I got one left, this is it. You'll be my son-in-law today, here's my call. Well, back to the gospel according to Charles. This probably would have been easier for David because Adriel up here is not in the picture, right? You'll be my son-in-law today. Saul commanded his servants, Speak to David secretly. This is like high school stuff. You know? Hey, she really wants to go out with you. You really think so? Yeah. Would you pass her a note? And, you know, I, I, this, this, this is just high school stuff. Speak to David secretly. Behold, the king likes you. All of his servants love you. And now, become the king's son. This girl over here loves you. Saul's servants spoke these words in David's ears and David said, does becoming the king's son-in-law seem to you to be a light thing? For I'm poor, I'm lightly esteemed. I don't have a dowry to pay a king for a king's daughter. Saul's servants told him saying, according to these words, David has spoken. He doesn't feel like he can give you a dowry. Saul said, so shall you say to David, the king has no desire in a dowry. But in 100 foreskins of Philistines to avenge himself upon the king's enemies. Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And his servant, (laughs) 
His servants told David these words and the thing pleased David to become the king's son-in-law and the days had not expired. There's still time for all of this to happen. I don't want money, but you can pay me with a hundred foreskins of Philistines. I have so many comments to make about that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Just one of those Philistines would have fought like a lion. Right? And he has to get a hundred. So, does it matter to David? No, it doesn't matter to David. Okay. As a matter of fact, he, he does better. David rose, he and his men went out, and he slew 200 men of the Philistines and brought their foreskins. Uh, and they delivered them in full to the king in order to become the king's son-in-law. And the king gave him Michal, his daughter, as a wife. I mean, how do you present that to a king? Oh, great king. We have 200 foreskins. Of the Philistines. That's just sick. So the king <laughs> didn't have any choice. He thought the Philistines would fight for, for themselves harder than that. But they didn't. So he gave him a call his daughter as a wife. And Saul saw and knew that Yahweh was with David and Michal, Saul's daughter. Loved him. And Saul grew still more afraid of David. And Saul was hostile to David all the days. And the princes of the Philistines came out. And it was as often as they came out that David was more successful than all of Saul's servants. And his name was highly esteemed. I mean, he, he never lost. The Philistines had superior weapons. They had superior numbers. But David had the spirit of Yahweh. He had the call of Yahweh. He had the anointing of Yahweh on his life. And nothing else mattered. So now we, we begin to see the jealous rage of Saul. And it grows. It gets worse. For David already conspiring, already using his own daughters to try and undo David. But it's not going to work. David continues more and more to be more successful than all the rest of Saul's servants. His name Highly esteemed. We'll stop there and we'll have our deacon prayer time.